All right, Kay. I have told you many times before that I watched this show called A Million Little Things. That happens to star James Rodé Rodriguez, right? Yes. Okay, and I've told you many times, if you don't watch the show, don't watch the show. Because it heavy. Oh, yeah. No, it's on my cry radar. Like, I know. Yeah. 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 Heavy. I cry <laughs> a lot. But last week's episode was very, very wholesome. Everything about it was just a super wholesome episode. It was a very happy ending. Um, and the majority of the episode... Uh, small spoiler alert here. Feel free to fast forward if you need to. Uh, there's there's a good part, chunk of the episode that James Roday is, is hanging out with his baby, whose name is Javier. And so we've got Gary, who's Roday, and Javier the baby, and they're hanging out. And literally at one point, something exciting happens, and he goes, what? And then fist bumps the baby. <laughs> of course he does. I'm sorry. At first I was silent, my mouth fell open, and I fist bumped the air. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just like, yes! <laughs> it gets better. What? A little bit later on, he's about to read little Javi a book, and he goes, it's time to read, wait for it, and then he says the name of the book. I... It wasn't a, wait for it. But still. <laughs> I mean... I... I was losing it, Kay. I'm laughing my head off. My husband is sitting there like, why are you laughing? This is not that funny. And I was like, it's because he's being Sean right now. And that's because Sean, so much of Sean is James Rene Rodriguez. Like, like the show creators just let him do the things. And Mm -hmm. so like all their, like their catchphrases, the bits, like, they were built around what these guys chose to do. And then they became a recurring thing and the writers got on board. Like, it's just so, it was so organic. And that's why everyone from the show is still such a big fan of each other. They built right. real relationships. I, 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 I love that so much. So I was much. so happy. He, he did the psychic hand ahead one time earlier in the, earlier in the uh, series I don't remember the context of it. He (laughs) he was pretending to be, you know, like he was pretending he could mind read or something. And he, he did a little. They let James Rodé Rodriguez pretend that he could read someone's mind in another (laughs) television show. I mean. I don't know that for sure. I probably ought to look that up. That feels like copyright infringement. (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was just beautiful. And like I said, I was just laughing, and Drew did not understand why I was laughing, and it was wonderful. Drewsif, honestly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It was, such a good, it was such a good moment that I wanted to share that with you, like, in context, so. I love that for him. <laughs> the fact that they're letting him do his stuff elsewhere yeah. now. Ugh. Yeah, and then I'm sure there's more people, you know, like us out there who, who caught that, and they were like, oh! <gasps> Oh, 1000%. Like, yeah. I mean, there's the a reason are everywhere. they keep making movies. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> we're around. <laughs> I came so close to watching Psych 3, This Is Gus. I still haven't seen it, you guys. I still have not seen it because I kind of want to save it for when we are, whenever we watch it for this, this show. I came so close because I was just <laughs> on Peacock and I was like, maybe 
I ended up rewatching a couple episodes of Wednesday on Netflix, but <laughs> I needed like I needed something comforting. I wanted something like mm-hmm. familiar, even though that was gonna be new. It was gonna be like familiar, you know. Right, the people were there still. Yeah, because I didn't want to jump ahead and watch another episode of this season. I was like, well, I could watch I could watch movie three. <laughs> it's good. It's worth watching. Oh, I mean, I'm excited to watch it. I'm holding mm-hmm. off on purpose at this point because I've gone this long. But, uh... Yeah. Oh, well, we will get there when we get there. <laughs> in the next, I don't know how many weeks from now. But, right? <laughs> We're on season three. I was looking back when I went online to look up something uh, about this episode for our guest star. I was going down the list of episode three episodes and I was like, I feel like we've covered so much and yet Mm -hmm. I can't believe we're almost done with this season. Like it's that, it's that, oh my God, that we did episode seven that long ago and Mm -hmm. now we're about to be done. Like no way we can be done with season three already. I think season three has some of my favorite episodes in it. Mm -hmm. Like I love the roller derby episode. Yes. I love the football episode. Yes. I I love this love episode. the 1970s episode. Oh my god. To the Kiwi. <laughs> <laughs> like those are some of my all-time I want to watch these episodes over and over and over again episodes. So, I'm sure I'll feel the same way when we get to season 4, but those are my like those are my big hitters for this season. And this one as soon as I saw it come on I was very excited. I remember this one. I remember loving this one. I was very excited for this one. As far as like guest stars, this for me, it hits a certain note of 80s nostalgia for me. We'll get to it soon. It's very early in the episode, but yeah. All right. Well then, shall we record? It's showtime. This is... To, to the, the blueberry. I am Alexis, and I'm a real life Gus. I'm Kaylee, and I'm a real life Sean. And together we make up um, to the blueberry, a <laughs> rewatch podcast of our favorite show, Psych, where each week we get a good chance to chat with one another and um, kind of doubt on this show that is Psych. <laughs> we nerd out hard. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Which is a beautiful, uh, beautiful way for us to start with Kaylee talking about her 80s love. We are in 1987. Ooh, a flashback as we so often get at the beginning of our episode. Henry has just come come home and he's like taking off his shoes or something, but he hears something. And he like grabs his gun. And at first it was a weird way to show him entering his home because it almost looked like he was sneaking in, which Mm -hmm. felt weird. He was, he had his jackal on, like he was in stealth mode. Yeah, his jackal on. <laughs> I just wrote, so, Henry Holmes, sneak? Question mark? <laughs> uh, here's my, here's my working theory. Um, okay, never mind. Let's finish this opening scene and then I'll tell you my working theory. Okay, so um, he kind of hears something and then he sort of peers around the mudroom doorway into the kitchen and Sean is at the table eating honeycomb cereal. I take that as like a, a reference. I remember those commercials. It made me want honeycomb cereal super bad. We are seeing that Sean has skipped school. And when asking Sean why, Sean gives him this really, really long lie with 
a lot of weird details. There's a hypnotist. He made a kid think he was a kangaroo. The kid knocked him out with a punch, and then everybody was stuck as whatever they were hypnotized to be. And then Mr. Detmer, who actually, by the way, is a former Navy SEAL, um, managed to get everybody back uh, in time, and they all got sent home early. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) It was ridiculous. It was weird. Henry's like, okay, so uh, what were you suspended for? (laughs) How'd you know? Because that's rule number one. Every lie is built on a kernel of truth. Well, he also says that they call him the human lie detector down at the SPD. Right. Which is important. Which is important. (laughs) He can spot the lies and the people who tell them. He gives him some advice and he says, if you continue to lie like this, no one is going to believe you when it counts. And that could put your life on the line. Like someday when I'm a cop? Or like right now. Oh, snap. <laughs> okay, so we find out, uh, obviously, that, that Sean has skipped school. So it's the middle of the day. And Henry was sneaking home. And I 100% believe he was sneaking home for some afternoon delight. I totally thought that. I was like, where's Mrs. Spencer? Yeah. That's why he was in stealth mode, and that's why he was so upset with Sean when Sean was there. (laughs) Did we? Okay. Okay. So we find out that Henry discerns that the kernel, the little nugget of truth hidden in this wild batch of lies is the fact that the teacher, Mr. Detmer, is a former Navy SEAL. And um, the relative specificity of that statement compared to all the vague nonsense he was spewing made it stand out to Henry. This premise of people not believing you when it counts, if you make up wild stories, is like integral to the entire plot of this episode. And For sure. Why? Okay. So did Sean skip or was he suspended? And did we find out what he was suspended for? I mean, it totally wasn't the point of that scene, but... (laughs) He definitely was suspended. I do not know what he was suspended for, though. Mm. Mm. Back in the present. (laughs) We are um, golfing? (laughs) Putting. Very dramatically putting in the middle of the Santa Barbara Police Department. Yeah, in the middle. And Sean's giving him a clutch moments monologue. Giving himself a monologue. And Sean, or Gus actually asks him why he's putting. Sean is like, it's the challenge of, of, of making the perfect move when you're surrounded by people and, you know, making it so that it seems like the people might as well not even be there because you're so good or whatever. And Gus references the time he tried the same thing with darts. Oh my God. How did they let him back into the police department <laughs> after that? Sean said, pardon me? I made that. It was a 30 foot bullseye. Not a bullseye. You hit a guy's eye. Oh, I did not write that down. That's, I what, was just that's like, what Gus said. <laughs> I was so like flabbergasted at the concept of darts in a crowded place. <sighs> Woof. Yeah, how did they let him back in? <laughs> uh, to putt, nonetheless. Yeah. The putt happens. Very dramatic. It bounces eight times. I wrote crazy CGI ball. There is this like hero music playing in the background. It is just about to roll onto the putting green, and Lassie kicks it. Yeah, Lassie foot, and he's real mad about it. Um, Who put this putting green in the middle of the precinct? Um, But Lassie and Jules are escorting someone who is vehemently claiming his innocence, 
and lastly accuses him of murder. And the guy says, for the last time, I didn't do it. I was trying to resuscitate him. And this is when we get introduced to our guest star. This is um, Mr. Jonathan Silverman, who is probably most well-recognized for 1989's Weekend at Bernie's. There was a subsequent um, ill-advised sequel in 91 or 92. Um, I watched it. I'll watch it again. It's it's Jonathan Silverman and Andrew McCarthy and and a corpse who somehow keeps corpsing. Um, but <laughs> have you seen Weekend at Bernie's? I've seen the first one. The keeps coursing part, keeps corpsing part was the part that threw me. Um, I don't know how he's still like. I can't remember how he's still fresh in the sequel. Like honestly, I don't because he's <laughs> he's been dead this whole time. Um, <laughs> Anyway, this guy, this guy was big. He, he was big in the 80s, but he's been in everything. He mostly does like one episode, like guest bits on series. He's, he's been in Castle. He's been in Law and Order. He's been literally in everything, you guys. I can't, I can't, but he's been working ever since. He does voiceover work sometimes. Like he's just booked and blessed and he's like a character actor. I love I love him. I've loved him since the 80s. It's great. Back to our, our fellow here. Sean immediately notices that the guy has blood all over his hands. Only his hands. And the guy looks over and he's like, you know, you know, that guy, that guy right there, he can vouch for me. The guy with great hair. Which gets Sean's attention. He knows him. They work together at C- Cedar Point? Bush Gardens. Bush Gardens. Thank you. He's like, yeah, we, uh, we made funnel cakes together. And Sean... Kind of as an aside to Gus goes, I'm afraid he's confusing me with someone else with great hair. <laughs> and then Ryan goes, and the white guy too. I, I know him. <laughs> they both look so confused. And Jules goes, enough, Ryan. And Lester's like, yeah, shut up. Eventually we find out the guy's name is Ryan Bainsworth. But down at the SBPD, they call him Lion Ryan. He's a notorious compulsive liar and constant tipster who's always wasting police time and resources running down his fake tips. Sean said, how do you know that he's a compulsive liar? I mean, assuming that his pants aren't on fire. And Jules says, trust me, we know. Sean is like, listen, everyone tells little lies sometimes. Ben's the truth. And Jules is like, "Mm, well, not me. And then Sean does his Juliet voice that we haven't heard since episode two. Oh my god. Like season one, episode two, when we first meet Juliet. Like, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, you sure about that, Jules? How about this one, huh? No, Sean, I've never had any naughty dreams about you. <laughs> he, and then he goes, he goes, yeah, and then that other time where you were like, oh, Sean, I really do wish Gus would be lost forever so that I could be your partner. That's cold, Juliet. Gus, Gus is like clutching his pearls. <laughs> she's like, that never happened. <laughs> Juliet tries to regain the conversation and she's like, listen, he usually like, usually claims to be a witness to a crime, but this time it looks like he's committed one. Bum, bum, bum. They go like downstairs to where the interrogation rooms are or wherever and Chief is there. She also introduces them to a psychological expert sent over by the DA's office and Dr. Um, Maury. Yeah. Juliet tries to hand him a file. Sean tries to steal it. Juliet steals it back and says, Don't mind them. Um, 
Sean is like, yes, after you've uh, gotten done looking into this uh, person, I would like for you to take the opportunity to look into my partner. He's been claiming for years to be insane in the membrane. In the membrane. <laughs> like, insane in the brain. <laughs> we just, like, skip over reacting to that and head straight into the interrogation room with Lassiter and Ryan. Lassiter is kind of coming in hot. It's like... Uh, here, just confess, write it down, sign it, we'll be done. I don't need to hear your story. And, uh, of course, Sly and Ryan doesn't care and tells him this huge story about how the super was in his apartment to fix a garbage disposal that he had clogged with lemon wedges and cinnamon sticks that he had used in a marinade. And blah, blah, blah. By the time I came home, he was lying there dead. Lion Ryan's like, he must have been there when they were trying to come for me. We go back um, to the people watching the interrogation, and the doctor's studying the file and listening to this whole thing. And he goes, doctor, if I may speak for you, I'd rather you didn't. Um, <laughs> then we switch back, basically, to Lassiter, who's like, all right, if you didn't kill him, then who did? It was an assassin. No, it was two assassins. Uh-huh. Last Friday night, he was at a restaurant, you know the one, where you can get those fries, quattros, quesos, dos fritos. Sean and Gus Finally. perk up so hardcore. Like, their ears are just like, that sounds amazing, what is that? Never heard of that. Well, we've got the description here. Oh, you know, ready. <laughs> the ones where they inject potatoes with a four cheese mixture, fry them three quarters of the way, pull them out, batter them, and then fry them again, and then serve them with bacon and ancho chili sour cream. The boys are flabbergasted, but Ryan goes on to say, there was a car crash into the window of the storefront across the street, and then, um... It made me turn my head to look. So then I overheard the guy with the curly cues on his face tell the other guy all about the assassination plot. So then we go back to Sean and Gus and they're like, that's not possible. And Gus is like, yeah, no, no way. Sean's like, the palate could never handle that. And Gus said, it would be a flavor seizure. <laughs> Chief Big is like, let's get serious about this case. They need to get past it. And Sean is like, yep, yep, you're right, you're right. They must be parboiling the potatoes first. And we get like a little finger. Yeah, you're onto something from <laughs> Gus. So back in the interrogation room, Ryan's continuing. He was like, they were talking about killing the guy with his belt buckle. And then they knew I heard. And so I knew they were going to try and kill me. He has been looking for them, you know, asking around about them, putting up flyers. And that's how they found him. And Sean walks in, interrupting the interrogation, and is like, um, by the way, do you remember the name of this establishment that sells these magic potatoes? It's, what is the restaurant that serves these alleged fries, and may I substitute a garlic lemon aioli? Lassiter kicks him out, and Ryan says, if it helps, I do believe they allow substitution. <laughs> Back on task... Chief is acting, asking Dr. Mori, uh, or Moray, or whatever his name is, um, what he thinks. And the doctor says, this person, this suspect, has the kind of pathology that shows that he would tell, you know, exaggerated versions of the truth. And then once that stopped, 
getting him the attention and and making him feel valued, he'd escalate his behavior to regain the attention. And Chief says, well, could he have escalated all the way to murder? Doc 100% for sure thinks that he could have. But not Sean. Sean thinks there might be a kernel of truth in there. Yeah, he's like, yeah, that's too bad. Because I don't think he's lying this time. Opening credits hit. Full opening credits song. They were so fun. The Lassie clips sent me. I was yes. giggling. I, w- I adore the full song. I almost skipped it because I was running a little bit behind. And then I heard, you know, the opening few beats of the full song and I was like, nope. Stand for this. <laughs> um, we open back up on the psych office. Gus thinks it's a bad idea that they're taking this case. Yeah, he's like, are you sure that we should even give this guy a moment of our time? And Sean's like, I know that I need to investigate further. And he gives us the kernel of truth regurgitation of what Henry was saying about lies. Gus is like, is this about your pride? Is this is this what's going on? Yeah, like, I need to show up the SVPD. Sean says, Gus, I am wearing jeans that I got at a garage. Not a garage sale, a garage. I don't think pride is a problem for me. The entire time he's pulling dirty dishes out of his desk. And handing them to Gus, who is washing them with a little, like, soapy wand washer thing. It's very, I, I, pride obviously does not matter to him. Plus, he appreciated my hair. Um, he appreciated my hair. And Sean said, that didn't count. He was lying. (laughs) (laughs) Gus is like, you do whatever you do and I'm not joining you. I'm going to do the dishes. And Sean said, cool. Too bad you're not going to go with me to find these fries. (laughs) He makes fun of Gus's rubber gloves. And Gus says, I'll drive. (laughs) Out come the fries. They exist. They're like a pyramid of savory goodness. And Gus says, let's just take a moment to sit here and, like, smell them. (laughs) Sean looks around and he's like, this is a family establishment. Why would there be two hitmen having a meeting here? And then he looks through the window and he sees glass repairmen working on the storefront across from them because of damaged glass. There are a bunch of things that happen that kind of remember him, remind him of the story. Kaylee, if it's okay with you, I'm going to do them rapid fire. Yes, do it. They ask about the threatening guys. The waitress says, yeah, I'm there. Uh, Oh, yeah, they were here. They ordered a beer and a cup of hot water with cinnamon sticks and lemon wedges. Again, part of the lie. Uh, And one of them had a handlebar mustache. Again, the curly cues. Gus goes, oh, like the Hamburglar. No, you're thinking of... Mayor McCheese. And then... The Hamburglar had the mask, and then Gus goes, ah, and Grimace, that brother was funny. You cannot be telling me that you are claiming that the that Grimace is a brother. I gave you Vin Diesel. You are not claiming Grimace as a brother. I don't have anything else other than Gus is wearing a purple shirt, and then they fight over whether Grimace is purple or black. Yep. The only other thing that pops up is that the woman says that she saw a gun on the guy's belt buckle like or saw a bulge on the guy's belt buckle like he was wearing a gun. Which goes back to the part of the lie that says he was going to kill him with a belt buckle. Well, that's after they talk to the hostess. So that's oh, the right. second lady. But You're right. Yes, no, you're right. She's the one who gives us the, the, the guy was wearing a gun on his belt thing. And she suggests that they talk to Carl, the valet. 
because he had a crazy story. Yeah, they were some creepy guys. Uh, something happened, and one of them gave the other one a bag of cash, and then they tipped him 50 cents. Which, Gus was about to hand him some change, and the guy's like, I hate it when people are too cheap to even spring for a dollar. So then Gus hands him a dollar, and then a quarter, and tells him to take care of himself. (laughs) At the Santa Barbara Police Department, Chief Vic is wondering why Sean and Gus are there. Oh, well, we were hoping to sort of, um... Uh, have my psychic finger talk to Ryan is what I wrote. Uh, also, the the pinky thinks that Chief Vic is wearing a nice pantsuit. Oh, she does look sharp in that pantsuit. She does. Uh, she needs concrete evidence. She cannot do anything else with information from Ryan. So they need to figure out what's going on some other way. Yeah, but Gus gets really dramatic at one point and goes, if we don't take this just a little bit serious, there's a chance someone could die. <laughs> Sean and Gus agree to be to be serious and to find concrete evidence. And then they just kind of pause for a second and Chief Vic doesn't move. And she sort of crosses her hands and they're like, we totally have a plan. And she's like, uh-huh, say more. And then they go, okay, but could you maybe like look in the other direction and not towards the direction heading down to the holding cells where Ryan is though? Uh, that's a hard no on that. And Chief Dick says, go home. So we get a walk and talk and Gus is saying that his name is Grimace T. Jackson, Sean. How does, how does Gus know that? Okay. All of these characters from our childhood have deep, deep backstories. Chuck E. Cheese has a whole backstory. The Kool-Aid man has a whole name and also a backstory. These things exist. You can do a deep dive. Don't go down that rabbit hole. I'm warning you. Grimace T. Jackson. Okay. I believe it. (laughs) They are at Lion Ryan's apartment, uh, but the gate is locked. Gus says, how do we get into the apartment building? Sean schmoozes somebody who's kind of letting himself in and goes, "Uh, I'm with the Big Uncles of America program. This is my underprivileged mentee. Holla back at ya. He's selling magazines to learn business skills so that he doesn't have to be on the streets and join a gang. (laughs) The guy's like, okay, fine. I'll let you in. Just Just, don't tell anyone it was me. Like, he's not buying it at all. He's just like, you guys are so annoying. Just fine. So they break into the apartment. Sean is noticing the blood spatter lines, like the cast off of the Mm -hmm. arterial spray. And Gus is walking away from it like, ew, no. And then Sean is like, look at this. And Gus is like, you mean the arterial spatter? And then he knows all the CSI stuff about arterial spatter. But Sean's like, yeah, but here's the point. If Ryan did it, he wouldn't have only had blood on his hands. He'd be covered in the stuff. And he wasn't. Gus is all like, that's a, that's a not a direct science. And then <laughs> Sean screams, Gus, look, Ryan really did work at Bush Gardens because there was a picture of him in his Bush Gardens uniform with another, well, with a black guy. Sean's like, I got this. Bingo. Gus said, don't say bingo. Cranium? Now I can play some cranium. Oh, Coco Beware is an American professional wrestler. Okay. Okay, okay. He looks familiar. Oh, and he had a parrot. And uh, that's why uh, Sean was like, and he's letting uh, Ryan shoulder the parrot. Okay. That, that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. It was it was like uh, a late 70s, 80s thing. Sean's plan involves asking Gus, how much do we have in the psych savings account? I hate it when you ask me that. 
<laughs> they walk into the SPPD and they call Lassie Dapper, Dapper Dan. Dan. And uh, he is not happy to see them. You have direct orders to stay away from him. Sean says, yeah, we're pretty bad with orders, unless it's to get on the dance floor, or raise, or the, raise roof, the roof, make some noise, with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> did your captions say noise, N-O-I-Z-E? I did not pay attention because the next sentence was with a Z. So <laughs> mine, I was like, mine did have the Z written in it. I thought that was funny. <laughs> your caption person's awesome. Juliet was like, uh, don't mind him. He's just mad because the defense attorney from this case that he's been trying to go to has not shown up to court for a week. Yeah, he waited all day to testify today, apparently. But because, like, somebody, like, nudged him and he went off at them in the hallway of SBPD. It was, like, crazy. He's being such a grumpus. Sean and Gus have a plan that does not involve talking to Lion Ryan while he's in the Santa Barbara Police Department because they just posted his bail. As they're walking away, Sean is like moonwalking and waving this piece of paper. And he goes, it looks like paper. It's actually our life savings. Bye-bye. <laughs> it looks like paper. So they bust Ryan out and they're like walking up the stairs and he's spouting nonsense. And then we get a walk and talk with the boys and Ryan. And Sean is like, so what, what's the plan? What are we going to do? Some new flyers? Gus is doubting flying Ryan, just like he doubted Lasseter. In, like, three episodes ago. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm not convinced. And Ryan's like, well, would it help if I could tell you the time, the place, and the name? Why would you not have told us that already? He's like, yeah, I know who, what, and where. Um, they're like, okay, when? Uh, 10 to 4.30. Where? 4.20-something. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And who? Who? Tom. No last name. <laughs> sure. That'll do it so then he gives some crazy excuse about needing to go teach water aerobics in 20 minutes and um sean just kind of leaves it he's like you know what we're gonna move faster with adam let him go they're ready to go figure out what that all means but of course they are stopping for tacos on the way yeah sean keeps cutting off everything gus is about to say because he's psychic <laughs> I mean, I couldn't tell you every single thing you're about to say, and I've known you for 20 years. That's fair. <laughs> um, back at the psych office, Gus is just getting off the phone. Sean walks in with a cup. Gus is mad because Sean stopped to get a milkshake, and he's been working. Gus, don't be this crevice in my arm. This isn't a milkshake, it's a smoothie. Very different. Yes. Sean was trying to check all of the places in Santa Barbara that are open from 10 to 4.30. And one of them happened to be a place that call, that has a smoothie called Blueberries in the Mist. With And he mispronounces acai here. He says, <laughs> acai and goji berries. I didn't get that one. I got the regular Blueberries in the Mist. Which I took as a Gorillas in the Mist reference. Oh. My mom loves that movie. Gus took that time when Sean was so nicely get, not getting him a smoothie uh, to look up all of the addresses that had 420 in the, the number. And there are so many possibilities. There are 700. And that only includes the street addresses. That doesn't include box numbers, apartment numbers, and stuff like that. Fun fact, what is the most common street name? Second street? Yes. Because, because a lot most of... First a lot of first streets, streets to streets. Main Street. Yes! 
Yeah. How do we know that? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> from this show. Maybe. Um, so. Uh, oh, Gus. Gus is like, dude, I'm not handling this. I'm going to my real job. Oh, yeah. Before we do anything, he starts picking stuff up and opening cases. And Sean is like, uh, what you doing? <laughs> He's like, you would rather like tout pharmaceuticals then foil an assassination plot and free an innocent man accused of murder. And in my head, when I knew he was going to say pharmaceuticals, I went, pharmaceuticals. <laughs> Gus is like, listen, if we do not get on SPPD's good side, they are going to stop hiring us and then we are not going to make enough money doing private cases. So I need to work my real job so that we can live. Sean is like, what am I supposed to do? I'm going to spend the next six weeks praying that he doesn't skip out on his hearing so we can get our bail money back. You can get bail money back? <laughs> <laughs> Gus is, is gone and suggests that Sean call the human lie detector. So it's later in the day at the psych office and Ryan is sitting in the room with both Henry and Sean. Sean asks Lion Ryan to tell uh, Henry everything that he told the police. Oh, so uh, I killed my super, and... Sean gets really upset, and he's like, if everyone thinks that I killed him, I guess that's what happened. Sean is like, what are you talking about? Tell him about the about the reverse polarity of your pipes and the, and the, the assassination plot. If I said that, I would be crazy. Sean said, I will slap you in the face. <laughs> Line Ryan starts, like, analyzing him. Like, violence and is Henry... not the answer. Henry 100% thinks that Sean is the crazy one of them. Well, he insinuates that. And he's like, Ryan, you're the second most sane person in this room. Can you please excuse us for a minute? And Sean screams, don't wander. When it's just Henry and Sean, Henry's like, dude, I can tell that this guy's lying through his teeth. He's got a screw loose. But why are you trying to help him? Like, why are you being so serious about this? Henry believes that it is because Sean is projecting his own lies onto this guy. And if they won't believe this guy, maybe they won't believe him. Henry says, you're not him. What you do is not what he does. Um, and he says, I can tell you two things. Like, other than you know where the line is, which Sean is like, of course I know where the line is. But he says, he says you always had me number one, to call you out on your lies. And number two, you always had enough natural talent to fall back on. Psychic. <laughs> Everyone, Kaylee just did a mic drop. <laughs> Henry is out of there. He's like, I'm done. If you ever drag me down here again to do Guster's job, I'm going to hit you up with a consulting fee. So Ryan comes back in. He's like, bye, bye. So nice to meet you. And he's like, dude, what were you thinking? You can't trust anyone. Sean's like, my dad? <laughs> I love this line. Lion Ryan starts to be crazy again. And Sean's like, listen, stop it. Even Batman takes off his cape and cowl when he's in the Batcave with Alfred. I'm your Alfred. Tell me the truth. Yeah, he cannot. He simply, he can't, he can't break his psychosis for Sean. Um, Sean's phone rings and Ryan freaks out and he's like, no, it's them. Don't answer. It's not them. It's Gus. I can't believe I'm making this call. <laughs> he's figured it out. He is standing at 420 Main Street where the hours are 10 to 430. Those are the visiting hours at the Santa Barbara General 
hospital. All right. Big pause here. 10 to 4.30. I have no idea what normal visiting hours are. 8 to 8, 7 to 9. I mean, those are the visiting hours for the hospitals up here. When my mother-in-law went to the hospital while I was up there, they were going to kick us out around 6. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Maybe it's because my hospitals are in College Town. That might be it. Yeah. Um. All right. So... Lasser and Jules are hustling into the hospital, right? And then they're like, wait a second, you're not hurt? You're okay? We got the call that you were in the hospital and it was a life or death situation? I mean, there are a lot of people here that are in life and death situations. (laughs) He says, you guys, Ryan and I were just in a psychic sweat lodge. Wearing towels. Fully. (laughs) Do you think that those lines were ad-libbed? I can see that. Like, just based on who they are. I really felt that when Lion Ryan said fully, or fully covered or whatever, I was like, that was a, that was a, that was a makeup a line. And it, was it, was a, it was like a, it was like a yes and improv yeah. moment. <laughs> very, very good. So they think they figured it out. There is a guy in the hospital whose name is Tom, Tom Lieber. So we got the 420, we got the 10 to 430, we got the Tom, and Lassiter's like, I'm going to arrest you all for obstruction of justice or whatever. And then someone someone starts screaming, you're killing me. And they go running. And then they bust into a room of like this child, <laughs> like this college boy yeah. um, playing not a Nintendo Switch. I don't... But some sort of video game, yeah. Like a handheld video game in his hospital bed. Immediately, Lassiter kicks out Lion Ryan, then looks at Spencer and says, or looks at Sean and says, Spencer, thank you once again for completely wasting my time. Again, I just told you about that TJ Maxx tie, or the, the twice yearly TJ Maxx sale three days ago, and look at you. Look at you. Look at all dapper. I don't know. I think racks on racks of $7 ties. Juliet literally like leans over and starts checking out Lassiter's tie. And Lassie makes the face of, fine, okay. (laughs) So, um, Tom says, are you guys here about the accident? He doesn't really remember the accident. He's dealing with some memory loss, but he does remember being hit by a car. He says, I hit a car. And they're like, you mean you were hit by a car? He goes, I mean, why would I hit a Buick? I don't have anything against a Buick. I don't really remember. (laughs) That said, his memory is coming back a little bit each day. And Sean sees a paper article in the room that says, pedestrian hit by vehicle, blah, 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 amnesia. Sean and Gus think that somebody might be trying to kill Tom Lieber. But Tom has no idea why. Yeah, he works from home. He does complaints for a mattress company. And then he goes out and he buys new games. And on Tuesdays, he goes to 7-Eleven for a grape Slurpee. Oh, that must have been where he was going because it was right after 6 when he hit or was hit by a car. But he was mostly worried about his video games all over the road. Uh, Yeah, it's like very sad face. It's like my games all over the street. How great would those have been during my convalescence? I was, like, really impressed with, like, this boy's use of the word convalescence. (laughs) Lassiter is still set that it is Lion Ryan. And Gus is like, I want to know what's going on. But Tom doesn't know anything and they all get kicked out because visiting hours are over. Yeah, that nurse is stern. So they go out and Lassie is on his cell phone right in front of a no cell phone sign. (laughs) It made me giggle. 
I made note of that too. <laughs> so Sean, uh, as soon as Lassie gets off the phone, goes, I hope you weren't calling about dinner reservations at the soup plantation. Gus and I have already eaten. Lassiter just found out that that DA who didn't show up to court was found dead in their office. In an empty office building, Sean says something about Tom. Lassie says he can call Bigfoot for all he cares. Sean says, uh, I haven't spoken to Bigfoot in five years. Six, if you don't count his cousin's wedding. And then it was literally like, hey, B. (laughs) I didn't write that down because I knew you would. And I knew you would do the much better than me. So I was like, I'm just going to let Kaylee do this. Sean knows that there's something out there. Oh, he starts convincing Juliet. Um, he said, a person is more than the tales that they tell. I like that line for some reason. And then Juliet is about to cave and she looks up and she goes, yeah, Ryan is more than a person. Apparently he's a doctor. And he's hitting on a nurse and checking out her butt. He's hitting on her horde. Something about a god complex. And in his mind, he thinks it means we have a complex god. Because he's been in neurosurgery for seven years. At the Santa Barbara Police Department, Sean makes a weird joke that I consciously did not write down because I did not like his joke. The thin ice? Uh, Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. We get a thin ice joke, some ice skating things mispronounced. But it does lead us to a, I've heard it both ways. I've heard it both ways. We just don't like one of the ways he's heard it. Sean really thinks that he's right, that Lion Ryan is telling the truth. And Gus is really worried that Chief Vic won't hire them anymore. Oh, this is the part. Sorry, I, I put this part up earlier. Um, but, but they need the money. And Sean said, how many times do I have to go over this? I am getting close to getting into the Pro Bowlers tournament. I did not have this part written down because I was too busy writing stripes and plaid. This is where Sean says, I've brought a peace offering. And Gus says, you really think one order of fries, quattro's, quesos, dos fritos is going to fix all this? I wrote that in, I wrote FQQLF in my notes. Girl. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, what the heck is FQQLF? Um, But yes. But it should be FQQDF, if anything. But okay. Uh, They're in Chief Vic's office. We find out the lawyer has been shot twice. And Chief Vic said that they have been wasting time dealing with this line Ryan case. They open up the box of fries, quattro's, quesos, and uh, they don't travel well. Yeah, they don't look cute. And Vic looks um, visibly upset by them. And she puts them off to the side and plops them right on a newspaper. And Sean sees that the newspaper actually wrote about the amnesic patient regaining his memory. Gus has got it covered. He smooth talks her, says that Sean's psychic powers have been on the fritz. Um, And then he says, listen, as a peace offering, how about we help with your new case? Yeah. Was the lawyer maybe killed by an assassin? Believe it or not, Vic thought about that already and she checked, but none of those leads worked out. Because he was killed four days ago. A witness heard shots fired around 6 p.m. Enter... He got some surveillance footage from the alley behind the place where the the shot happened, and uh, it's corrupted, but it's there. And he says, ooh, are those the Quattro's Quesos, Quattro's Quesos, Dos Fritos? And then he's like, they do not travel well. (laughs) Everybody is ready to check out this corrupt footage. But Sean Um, says, Gus, four days ago was Tuesday, around 6 
was when our dude was hit by a car. Around the same time, at around the same place. And Sean is certain that they're connected and picks up the fries. Yeah, well, they almost walk out and then he goes, fries, and then grabs them. Um, He walks into where they're about to view the tape and he goes, I'm getting some very strong vibes that you're about to apologize to us. We watch the video. It's corrupted. And there is Tom Lieber. You missed the pop culture references. Oh, I did? Yeah. when Lassie, I didn't write down any here. It's Lassie was like, in what world would we be apologizing to you? And Sean goes, Wayne's, Dave's, it's a small. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that was in the episode. Why is it so funny? <laughs> I don't think I heard that the first time. It's a small. It's a small. (laughs) Oh, I killed her, you guys. I got her this time. Oh, that's beautiful. (laughs) Okay. There's Tom. He's running away. And Chief Vic is like, oh, Tom's the killer. Seriously? In what world is their motive for that? Come on, Chief. You're better than that. Lassie and uh, Juliet don't care. They're on their way to the hospital. I mean, that's fine. Go find him. Because they think he's getting his memory back. And when he remembers, he's going to bolt. Sure. Fine. Pick him up. Police custody is safer, I think, at this moment. (laughs) Especially about what happens next. But that's okay. Sean's like, listen, rewind that tape. And we notice a couple things. Okay. First. But before Chief leaves the room, she snatches the fries back from the guys. And Gus is very upset because he's like, she knows she's not eating those. <laughs> Go on. They were a piece offering. <laughs> um, Sean's like, listen, and rewinds the tape. And we notice a couple things. First of all, Tom stops and looks back over his shoulder while he's running away. Why would you do that? Maybe because you're being followed by two creepy shadows that end up popping up on the tape. They do. Barely, because it's all gross, but they do show up. And then the newspaper reports the amnesia, but then it starts to report that he's getting his memory back. And he thinks that Lion Ryan heard the plot to kill Tom. So we go back to the hospital. Tom's gone. Lassiter's on the phone. He says... Dobson, get an APB out on Tom, something about his picture with the DMV. So, Dobson reference. Um, Sean is super mad at himself that he didn't connect the dots earlier. He didn't figure this out. And then they both get into the blueberry and up pop. Tom and Lion Ryan. <laughs> They're in the backseat of the blueberry, y'all. Um, Ryan Without starts headrest. freaking out he's like oh my god drive they're right behind us they're trying to kill us and i just wrote zany music because it's zany (laughs) as this is going on lion ryan tells them that he snuck tom out to keep him safe and they hid in the car because it was sitting out there there is a lot of tactical driving going on a lot of adventure music going on um ryan's also still wearing a white doctor's coat And Tom is starting to remember things as they talk about it. Lion Ryan's like, the killings were in the building, the killers were in the building. Um, And then Tom starts to realize that Lion Ryan could be lying. Well, then why did we take the elevator? (laughs) 
<laughs> Gus is just like, oh my gosh. And he slows down and he pulls over. Um, did, did we skip the part where Sean compliments Gus and he goes, I just wrote crazy driving. And then Sean goes, you weave through obstacles like a ferret on roller skates. They're something similar. Uh, there's no one following. And now they are harboring fugitives. Yeah, Gus is super mad. And um, Sean gets really serious. And he's like, look, not all of this might be true, but you don't need to believe Ryan and all of his nonsense. I just, I really just need you to keep believing me. And um, Gus is in. He starts, he starts to, to back, back up. up. There is a big black car. I wrote... Oh. Chrysler 300? <laughs> Ooh. I don't know. And it's, it's chasing them. Um, I wrote shots fired and car chase. And Lion then... Ryan saw them. Those are the assassins. Oh, and suddenly Tom remembers everything. He's like, oh, yeah, they they shot that guy. <laughs> More tactical driving. Lots of gunshots. Very dramatic music. We get a, a truck gets in the way and they all run out of the blueberry. Yeah, I wrote mild trash crash. Yep. And then more shots fired. And it looks like a tire gets punctured. Like there's like a deflating moment. Um, and I was like, oh no, the blueberry. So then our guys run away and we just hear Ryan running. <laughs> He's like, serpentine, zigzag, get out of the way. <laughs> they end up hiding kind of behind a dumpster in a giant pile of pineapples. Yeah, there's like just like boxes of random pineapples. And Gus or Sean goes, Gus, take Tom back to the hospital. We'll hold them off. And Gus is like, how? And Sean's like, I always think of something. And Ryan literally goes, yeah, I always think of something. Yeah, me too. Or something like that, right? And then he picks up a pineapple as if he's going to use the pineapple to attack the assassins. Sean just looks at him and he drops it. And they both walk out all stone cold and stuff. And Sean says, we accept the terms of your surrender. And the bad guys are just like, our surrender? And Mustache goes, yeah, we're the one with the guns. You and all the cops around the corner who are ready to storm you. Sean says, there's been enough blood. The cops are here. And you're terrible at cleaning up after yourselves. They're, they start to tell them that they're lying. And Lion Ryan goes, look into my eyes. Tell me if I'm lying. And the guys are like shaking a little bit in their boots. And then Ryan sort of exhales too soon. There's no backup. But then shots fired and mustache gets hit in the arm. Out comes Lassie and Lassiter's response was, that's a good looking handlebar. I wonder who his mustache guy is. I was like, is he calling that man's mustache fake? The shade. <laughs> that was the that was the roller derby episode where he talks about going undercover and how he has a mustache guy. Lion Ryan comes into the psych office and Sean asks uh, if oh so this is our last scene and and Sean asks Lion Ryan if he's going to start telling them about a whole bunch of things that are essentially the plot of Speed. Oh my God! Yeah, I just wrote plot of Speed. And Ryan's like, no way, man. I'm quitting that whole game cold turkey. He's showing, like, real sincere remorse. He's totally, like, 
he's not acting manic. Like when he lies, he gets kind of like amped up and manic about it. Sean's just he sort was of like, worried because cool. they believed him, and um, if they hadn't believed him, then someone would have been hurt. And all because I became a guy that couldn't be taken at his word. Yeah, I mean, I was like, boom. And then Sean's like, that's so cool. And Gus is like, where are you going to go next? This is unbelievable. I got tapped to captain a hot air balloon in a multi-state regatta. I take off tomorrow. Uh Uh-huh. He goes, yeah, you guys should totally call me up. I'll let you steer. The boys are all like, yeah, hot air balloon. And Lion Ryan leaves. And Sean's like, yeah, no, there's no way that's real. Hot air balloons even have captains. And Ryan had told them that they had like the whole setup with like first mates and like the whole thing. He's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Bye. Peace out. And then the guys are like, yeah, we're done believing his lies. He wouldn't actually let us steer, right? They start calling one another liars and then they start yelling at each other. And finally, Sean screams, shotgun, and starts running. Yeah, after saying, like, there's only one way to find out, though, if he's lying. (laughs) Gus is like, you can't call shotgun on a hot air balloon. Which is such a beautiful line to end this episode. I love it. You can't call shotgun on a hot air balloon. Boom, said the lady. I still can't get over it's a small. (laughs) (laughs) In what world? I feel like that's a very laster thing to say. And those are all very Sean comebacks to it. It's just such a beautiful relationship. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that That I can't believe scene. you missed it. I did not catch it at all. I mean, I heard it immediately. I was like, Wayne's World? Check. Dave's World? Check. It's a small, creepy ride. <laughs> I, I need to go. I have to go look at that. I'm just, that's, a, that's beautiful and amazing. And I did spit out my water a little tiny bit. A little, little tiny bit. I saw that. That happened. <laughs> So would you, Kaylee, say that this is one of your favorite episodes of it season It has three? to be one of my favorites. It's got a classic 80s actor as a guest star. It's got, like, such a neat little package. We've got Sean and Juliet flirting. We've got Buzz. We've got Henry being the human lie detector, believing in Sean, calling him psychic. <laughs> Even a little bit of Chief believing in Sean, because she, like... She was like, okay, well, maybe I'll look in to see if the DA does match the whole story about Ryan because Sean and Gus believe him so. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of beautiful. Uh, so, do we have anything else? I'm excited for the next episode. It's a good one. Okay, I haven't even looked yet. Oh, just the title alone. I have a sticker that says the title. It's Tuesday the 17th. <laughs> oh, I guess we never addressed the fact that the episode was called Truer Lies. We definitely didn't say that. Oh my nope. god, how did we Sorry. skip that? Sorry, friends. This is uh, season three, episode 14? 14, yep. Truer Lies. Which is a pop culture reference to a Jamie Lee Curtis Arnold Schwarzenegger True Lies uh, movie. From there we go. From the 80s, I assume. Maybe early 90s. So there's a there's a good uh, there's a good pop culture reference in the title. Speaking of titles, I am Alexis. You do eat wild game, don't you? <laughs> and I'm Kaylee. Look, all things being equal, I'd rather be scrapbooking right now, but that's that's not important. And this has been to, to the, the blueberry. blueberry. Psych out. <laughs> <laughs>